I feel like hollering. But the town is too small. Big Bill Brunzi Three of these men were at Rouen at the time the late King Charles IX was there. The king talked to them for a long time. They were shown our ways, our splendor, the aspect of a fine city. Then someone asked them what they thought of all this, and wanted to know what they had been most amazed by. They made three points. I am very annoyed with myself for forgetting the third, but I still remember two of them. In the first place, they said, probably referring to the Swiss guard, that they found it very odd that all those full-grown bearded men, strong and bearing arms in the king's entourage, should consent to obey a boy rather than choosing one of themselves as a commander. Secondly, since they have an idiom in their language which calls all men halves of one another, that they had noticed that there were among us men fully bloated with all sorts of comforts, while their halves were begging at their doors, emaciated with poverty and hunger. They found it odd that those destitute halves should put up with such injustice and did not take the others by the throat or set fire to their houses. Not at all bad, that. Ah, but they wear no breeches. Montaigne, on the Cannibals Prologue The Funeral Procession of Screamin' J. Hawkins The pallbearers entered from the right, flanking the coffin three by three. They bore the load in the old style upon their shoulders, faces set against the task. Dragging the thing at belt's height simply would not do. They need to see it in you, Hawkins had explained at the first rehearsal. Your grief over my demise. Shouldering the coffin to that end was a time-honored cheat, the strain on a face only adding to the verisimilitude of the mourning. Like Stanislavski, a shortcut to the truth of the moment. How do you hope to conjure the proper degree of stoical reserve, Hawkins again, when you dragging me around like Granny asked you to move her mattress? Part of the poignancy of the ritual, he told them, came from how gently the marchers performed their task, as if what they bore was not already broken. The music preceded them, pair of saxophones, piano. Not exactly funereal. The pianist working a languid cat-house role, locked in vaudevillian back forth with the rude, thrusting bursts of horn. Hawkins had instructed the pallbearers not to attempt to march in step with the tune's waltz tempo, an action which would have lent an awkward, herky-jerk rhythm to their task. Nonetheless, the casket dipped with every fifth step or so, a skiff in a mild current. Slow down, Hawkins whispered from inside.
You Irish or something? Can't wait to bury me, get right to the liquor? Under breath, the pallbearers composed mock eulogies. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. But we're here to talk about Jalacy Hawkins. Hawkins kept missing the punchlines, only caught the muffled laughter afterward. Loving, obedient, generous, are not words you should expect to hear tonight. He lived as he died, unnecessarily, tragically, face down in a filthy water closet.